Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your today. Thank you so much for joining us here on this wonderful, wonderful Monday afternoon. We're live until... 2 p.m. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or leave your comments online. Take them there as well. And we're streaming on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, Free Solution group, and the Kevin Wilson page, wherever you're listening today. Appreciate you all being here. Of course, we got the podcast, too. Either anywhere you find podcasts, just look for Free Solution or WYSL1040.com. Going to talk about a couple things today. We're going to talk about the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Talked a little bit about this on on Wednesday. Going to go into it a little bit more today, and uh, maybe we'll hit a few other items too. Uh, some of the the police officers associated with Breonna Taylor's death uh, are facing charges now, uh, so we'll talk about that, um, and maybe a couple other things too. But let's start with the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Because you know, I, it it did end up passing the Senate officially Sunday. Uh, it was a 50-50 vote, tiebreaker vote that went to uh, the Vice President, Kamala Harris, got to, to cast a tiebreaker vote for that. Uh, and, you know, it's committing, what was it, $740 billion to uh, to a spending bill here. Again, with... You, you gotta love the names, right? Like, you gotta love the names where Inflation Reduction Act. That, like, just because something is named something does not mean that it is doing that thing. It doesn't mean that it's not even doing the opposite of that thing. And you know, it's got a whole bunch of goals. It, it's it's you know, the the compromised version of Build Back Better, right? You know, it's it's the like half of what what the Democrats wanted in their wildest dreams since they they control the Senate and the House and the presidency. And you know what's what's funny with this act is is I see again there's there's all this money being committed to it. There's it's trying to to deal with healthcare outcomes. It's trying to deal with uh, climate change outcomes. Uh, you know Joe Manchin was was involved in some of that stuff. Uh, because he wanted to see something that was closer to responsible, but again, just just because you're compromising on something doesn't mean that that's that's good, right? I think there's a there's a lot of folks out there, well-meaning folks, like, oh my goodness, Congress doesn't get anything done. If only they could come together and compromise. Listen, if if the compromise is between spending, you know, whatever it was originally, one and a half trillion dollars and three quarters of a trillion dollars, and we're massively in debt compromise does not make sense like meeting in the middle of still two bad irresponsible spending propositions it's still a bad thing compromise in and of itself if you're compromising on a position where you are ultimately still doing something that is unsustainable it's not good now 
I've seen a bunch of folks post like these these cartoons and these analysis being like, you know, with the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, you know, it's it, it might cause inflation to get worse, which is, a, you know, reasonable since you are now spending more money. Uh, you are also just because you're doing things like introducing, you know, price controls and trying to lock stuff in place does not mean you're actually going to achieve that price controls do not work. But I've seen this cartoon going around that kind of caught my eye that was uh, the inflation. Uh, it showed a, a picture of Air Force One dropping uh, cans of gasoline on a fire labeled inflation, right? And, and the, the the cans of gasoline were like labeled like, you know, higher taxes and stuff like that, right? And uh, I, I don't think that that's actually a very good method. What I, what I think is actually happening is closer to this. Imagine you have a forest fire. The forest fire is inflation. We're not dropping gasoline on it. We're blowing up a dam. You're flooding the valley in the hope that you can put out that fire with price controls, with, uh, with taxes, raising taxes on, on corporate income, raising taxes on people who are well off, and frankly, everyone else too. It's, it's a totally misleading thing to say that this is only affecting the rich nonsense. So they're going to do something that's going to end up causing almost as much damage as the problem that they're trying to solve. Okay, sure, you can solve inflation by slowing down the economy, by trashing it, in the same way that you can stop a forest fire by blowing up a dam and flooding a valley. Well, if you do that, sure, maybe you put out the fire, hopefully, at least in, in a good chunk of the areas. But how much other damage are you causing along the way? Again, we did the, the episode on inflation couple weeks back it's it's where you know the the economy ends up kind of growing quickly and you have a bunch of money injected into the economy a lot of it caused by government spending and it has nowhere to go and that ends up between that and the supply issues also caused by government ends up causing prices to go up in addition to the value of the money itself going down so yes this might in the short term cause some prices to go down by slowing down the economy so much that people can't spend that firms end up lowering prices in order to try to make up some of that but in the end you end up with an economic contraction that could end up spiraling us into we're already in a recession but spiraling us into something far more serious and and that's why i don't like about the inflation reduction act and again it's politicians trying to look like they're doing something they're they're kind of losing the thread here, right? They're, they're, they're going out and trying to look like they're taking action to solve many of these problems that they themselves have caused is, is a typical case of government breaking their leg and giving you crutches. So like, okay, well, we know that some of these inflation problems are caused by government spending. They were caused by government regulations on supply. They were caused by, uh, you know, reckless printing of money. They were caused by all this stuff. And then... What happens is like, well, okay, now we've got to correct for this problem. They're going to correct for the problem by doing more of what already failed. Instead, what we need to to do is we need to just be responsible. Again, it, this, would, this would also slow down the economy. If we stop spending so much government money, it will probably slow down the economy, but they're not going to do that. It's much easier to say, well, we're going to – spend all this money, and it's going to make voters feel good in the short term, right? And, and like, don't, don't pretend like people don't like getting government money. They do, you know, but the, the responsible thing to do is to say, okay, we're going to spend responsibly. We're going to cut back, and 
we're going to do things that are going to get us back on the path of financial sustainability. But it's it's tough to do that when there's an election coming up. It's it's too tempting to just say, and the, the Senate is supposed to be able to have the wherewithal to do this type type of stuff, right? They're supposed to be able to, to be the ones who see things long term. And they're supposed to be the ones who say, well, we know that even though it is tough to do in the short term and it's going to cut off the, the flow of money to people who are enjoying it right now, Again, that money is funded by debt, not the actual money collected in. But that flow of money going to to different firms and different individuals, we're, we need to, to slow that down and get back on track again. It's tough to do. But, but we need to ask our politicians to do it. We've added how many trillions of dollars to the national debt over the last few years, and it's, it becomes addicting. We can't get away from it. And can the only thing they can think to do is like, well, we'll raise some taxes. Okay. And to their credit, they're like, well, if we raise the taxes, we'll, we'll gain some more revenue and we'll kind of modestly reduce the deficit a little bit. Maybe if we're super lucky and optimistic, we'll actually reduce the actual debt. Again, deficit, how much money we're, we're overspending each year, debt is kind of the accumulated total of those amounts. And... This bill says they're going to do this, but the way they say they're going to do it is by collecting more revenue, extracting more money from us. And even their ability to do that effectively should be questioned. They, they, they think they're going to collect just a whole bunch of money by soaking the rich. Guess, guess what happens? All those new, uh, the, the was it, 87,000 new IRS agents that they're planning on hiring. Do you think they're going to just go after billionaires? Do you think they're just going to go after the handful of people who are super rich and have the resources and the lawyers to be able to get around this stuff? No, they're going to go after folks like you and me. It's going to be all of us who end up paying the price for this. But the only way we can – there, there's no possible way to fully extract that money from the economy without causing far more damage. The best thing to do is to just – Spend responsibly in the first place. You gotta do both. You wanna okay, so we need to retract the economy a little bit to slow down inflation. Cool, you know, but the way to do that is to start spending responsibly, not hope that we can extract more money from corporations, which really means that we pay higher prices in the form of higher taxes. Uh, those taxes that get passed on to the the goods themselves, or to hope that we can extract more money from the people who have. You know, again, the the wealth and the resources to afford lawyers to to get around this stuff, or or the hope that you can extract it from everyone else. Again, the average folks. That's what's going to end up happening. That's what those new eighty seven thousand uh, IRS agents are for. All right. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that, and uh, and maybe we'll get into some of the Brian Taylor stuff coming up in the next segment. Thanks again for joining us here on Free Solution. Give us a call if you want to participate. Joe, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. we back in just a few minutes.
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project? but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. Need to take care of a dental issue but don't have dental insurance? There's a special blessing for you on Saturday, August 13th called For the Love of God Dentistry. You can get an extraction, a tooth filled, or get a full dental cleaning for free. Be one of the first 150 guests at Grease Family Dentistry and your choice of a filling, extraction, or cleaning is free. Registration starts at 8 a.m., so be there early and we'll give you a great reason to smile at the For the Love of God Dentistry event. Go to GreaseFamilyDentistry.com for more information. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your today. Thanks again for joining us. We're live here on WYSL until 2 p.m. Give us a call if you want to participate. Joe, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. And, of course, we're... Streaming live on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, the Kevin Wilson pages, all those. And we got a comment on Facebook, and I'll, I'll read this out. It's a little bit longer, so I'll, I'll read the whole thing out. Um, Patty on Facebook says, The food pantry lines are outrageously long still. Media used to cover that. I personally know people who will have electric shut off and have empty cabinets and fridges who work for more, more than one job. That is what voters uh, uh, that's what many voters are, are facing. They're they're asking about the pantry lines. Um, why do we never say this? Uh, how much was collected in taxes in the year? Aren't we the people, the bosses? Don't we hire and fire them with their votes? Uh, aren't we supposed to know what um, our employees collect in money taxes? So let let me let me try to address a couple of these points that that uh, Patty's making here and. So let, let's talk about like the the food pantry lines. Yeah, no, that it, 100%. That's a, a big thing, right? And there's there's kind of a couple things going on here, right? Like with the, you, you may have seen like some of the recent like, you know, economic reports say like, well, unemployment's down. It's it's still at you know historic low levels, right? But there's kind of several different measures of unemployment. Um, there's a measure of unemployment that is people looking for actively working looking for work right they're they're showing up they're applying for jobs um they're they're getting you know unemployment assistance for doing that uh so there's those types of folks but there's also numbers like workforce participation rate which 
is a little bit lower than it has been over the last uh, couple decades. So that's that's the people who are no longer work, looking for work. So that that might include discouraged workers. That might include other folks who are maybe not participating in you know uh, the employment system as we know it. So they could be doing under the table or black market work. So these these are folks who are not counted. So that number seems to be going up a bit. Um, and and that's kind of part of what we might be seeing. So when the White House and when the media that supports people in power currently talk about this stuff, they'll they'll kind of spin the numbers to tell the story that they want, right? So that's that's something that I always look at, and I kind of got in the habit of like whenever some government agency is like, look at the unemployment numbers, they're great. Like don't don't just look at the, the regular unemployment numbers look, look at like the workforce participation rate because that'll tell you a bit more about who just stopped looking for work and who it may be doing you know work outside of uh, the traditional employment system not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that uh, it is an indicator of economic health though if people are not participating in you know uh, employment in um the regular markets, right? Again, they go in the black markets are doing under under a table stuff or whatever. Um, and kind of kind of a related point that I think uh, Patty might have been trying to make is is some of the folks who are working full time and are still going out and not being able to afford all their bills. They're maybe not being able to fill their fridge, and and part of that is a a product of inflation, right? You know, with gas prices going up with food prices going up with electric prices going up if you're on the margins if you don't get a big pay increase if you don't have a pay increase that matches the rate of inflation you're falling behind so what do you got to do you know you turn to help again i'm not i'm not saying anything bad about some of the folks who are working hard and are using food stamps or, or you know a snap program or uh, a food pantry assistance or, or whatever I, if you're working hard doing that thing great i get it and i think there's a, a criticism from usually the left to say that employers are able to pay their employees lower wages because they can then benefit from these systems of assistance that exist out there and so effectively you end up subsidizing uh, employers paying lower wages because they make up the gap between their wages and their cost of living through government assistance right and I think that that's there's an understandable criticism and people will level this criticism at, at like places like Walmart all the time um, and it's it is something that's that's kind of a problem, right? Again, if you have a lot of employees that you can redirect through these systems and they are relying on that for their full-time job and they are subsi- – uh, not well, yeah, subsidizing their existence by – through taxpayer funds, that's not a great and sustainable system for us. And I don't know exactly what to do policy-wise about that because – 
I don't want to mandate higher wages for full-time employees because every time you do something like that, that sounds well-meaning. Okay, well, we'll just command Walmart to make full-time employees get these other benefits. Okay, well, what happened when we had Obamacare and we did that? And they said, well, you have to provide health care for your employees if they're over so many hours. Well, guess what? They didn't suddenly offer health care to more people. They just cut hours for folks. That's what ended up happening. And so you can throw in fix after fix after fix. But you know, really what the solution is and what people have been doing lately because the economy has kind of picked up a little bit and people as employees have a bit more options out there. They just go and find new jobs. And the, if, you, if you weren't happy with your job, you could just say, well, they're not paying me the wage that I want. I have to rely on food assistance even if I'm working full-time at this job. I don't like doing that. I want to advance myself. I want to grow in my career. I want to be able to own a home one day. Whatever your personal financial goals are, you go to a new place. But that gets much harder to do if you have things that cause a recession, like Fed interest rates going up like the Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to end up taxing corporations and individuals a lot more. When you end up contracting the economy, maybe you solve, and it's not even clear that this problem is going to, that, that bill, if it passes the House, would solve inflation, but maybe you solve it, best case scenario. But if you do so by contracting the economy, the workers now no longer have as many options to seek employment so they feel more like they are stuck in whatever position that they're in and they'll stay there even if that means relying on different forms of assistance to be able to meet, make ends meet and that you end up in this this welfare trap and again I'm not necessarily criticizing the folks who are working hard and doing that because that is a tough position because if you're like well I can keep working and I'm able to meet all my needs but barely and you know, it doesn't matter that I'm not making the wage that I want, but if I jump above a certain point, then suddenly I risk losing that assistance. I have less negotiating power, and you know, I I'm I'm going to be risking my financial well-being by going outside of my comfort zone. You end up with an economy that's stagnant, and wages end up kind of locking up for a lot of folks. Again, there are individuals who are able to act within those systems and advance themselves still. But that is that is a significant problem that we have. And I think that we can have a more dynamic economy when the government doesn't interfere and overregulate here. Because as I mentioned, every time there's an intervention, it has other effects that we don't see. I mentioned the, the Obamacare intervention, right? Like, oh, well, we'll just do have the employers provide health care. The whole reason we have health care associated with employment at all and we don't buy it in the outside market like we do car insurance is because of government restrictions on wages that then got transferred to well we can't raise your we can't raise your income we can't raise your salary but we can offer you health care as compensation and that doesn't count that's workaround from the government system the government imposed mandates on on uh, salaries resulted in the employment, healthcare, goofy system that we have today. Every well-intentioned, and they're not always well-intentioned, but often they are, every well-intentioned intervention from the government has these 
consequences down the line that we can't see. That, that, that's what we have to look out for. And so in absence of those government interventions, what, what, me, what might we get otherwise? There's so many opportunities out there that so many systems that we have to undo to be able to do that. Um, and so let, let me get to a couple more of these comments. I have a Danny saying hi on Facebook. Hi, Danny. And uh, Patty saying, but aren't there jobs? So by people were locked down for two years. So wouldn't the unemployment number just be reflecting that? Uh, going back to what I was talking about earlier. Uh, not necessarily. Most people weren't locked down for, for two years. Um, so the the overall unemployment number, like most of those folks who are um, – it's not just excluding folks who are like still locked up because most of the country it's just it's not not a thing where you can't go and work right now because of covid uh it's it's for other complicated reasons that we're not going to get to before the break all right thanks again for joining us here on a free solution give us a call if you want to participate in the show 585-346-3000 that's 585-346-3000 we'll be back here in just a few minutes solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks again for joining us here on WYSL. We're live until 2 p.m. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000 if you want to participate in the show or, of course, leave your comments online, too. And uh, can appreciate the comments we got last segment, too, talking about uh, just kind of some other related issues to to the economy as well, and but just getting back to the uh, the IRS thing real quick though, like the the eighty seven thousand you know new employees that the IRS wants to hire, it's going to cost like eighty billion dollars of that uh, uh, seven hundred and forty billion dollar bill, which I actually I miss I I misstated the original bill that better bill i thought it was like you know one point you know five trillion or something it was, it was 3.5 trillion it was it was a number that is just mind-boggling to me it, I, I i thought about it for a second i was like oh no no that's way too high i must be thinking it wrong and nope it is 3.5 trillion dollars um Anyway, anyway, so the the seven thousand IRS agents, you know, gonna, the 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 Democrats are like, well, you know, we we need those resources to go after, um, you know, some of the, the the billionaires and whatnot. Two two quick things on that. This, this is a bit of a sidebar from the whole episode here, but two, two quick things on that. One, uh, there's already essentially a special committee of Congress that goes after the richest of the rich, uh, and and they do like their own investigations of people. Like it is is its own thing with its own staff there's there's already like folks doing this again there are also staffs of people who already work on the billionaire stuff right like 
the the promise is that with eighty seven thousand new IRS agents, the 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 dumb stuff that I had to deal with filing my taxes the last couple of years, like I just there's some error on my taxes a couple years ago that needed to be corrected, which prevented me from filing my taxes online, and I had to go and call someone up to go and like get it corrected, and I had to go and and call so many darn times because every time I would call. I'd wait, and they would say, all agents are busy today. Please try it again another time. It took me weeks to get through to someone and then schedule you know, another time for them to call me back. Uh, and the promise is that it will fix stuff like that, right? Fix the stuff like where the IRS can't handle the, the influx of of all the you know, mail applications that are coming in, can't handle the influx of like individual taxpayers who need help, blah, blah, blah. There is a much simpler solution to this, which doesn't involve us spending $80 billion somehow on, I mean, gosh, I, I don't even know that that, I, how, how is that number being distributed among those employees? My goodness. Um, and it, there's a much simpler, much cheaper solution than that, which is to just simplify the tax code. And, and you know, I... I don't know that we could quite get down to a tax code as simple as, as something that like fits on a postcard, but there are different things that we could do that would make things simpler for Americans and probably make things simpler for the IRS too. Uh, part of that is Congress just needs to stop creating so many exemptions, stop creating so many tax breaks, to, and uh, people love their tax breaks. People love those individual tax breaks, and they will fight so much harder to keep that tax break in place. But if we had a simpler tax code, you probably wouldn't need to go through a tax preparation service. You probably wouldn't need to go through, um, you know, an accountant for most people. There are people who are going to get to a certain level of complicated where maybe it still makes sense. Business owners, things like that. But for average people just collecting a, 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 an income and, you know, doing normal things, we could vastly simplify that. And if we just lowered the taxes overall, cleared a bunch of the complicated breaks, and made it so that there are less human resources that have to go into checking over the stuff that, that the average folks like you or I send in. You know, some of you listening might have complicated tax stuff going on, but the average folks, like most people, don't need anything that complicated. You don't then need people to go and, and, and check that. And again, those 87,000 people, they're not just going to go after the richest of the rich. They're going to go after us, too. That's uh, assuming the richest of the rich aren't listening to the show. If you are, I apologize. They are going to they're gonna go after all of us. But we, yeah, we, we got to be prepared for what this means for us. Uh, we, we can do something better. We can do something that costs less money. We can do something that will help Americans. And, and the, the solution isn't spending more money on, on IRS agents so we have more people to help us. It's to not need them in the first place. It's not going to result in net more revenue. And again, any result in net more revenue for the government means they are extracting it more effectively from us. That's that's what it is. They're not providing extra value. 
it's not like a company where they hire employees and in theory they're providing extra value to their customers and then able to bring in revenue from people who voluntarily transact with them. No, that's not how government works. They just extract money from us and they say, yes, we've collected more revenue. Pat us on the back. It's not back. Pat us on the back. Great. Done a good job. No, that's money that's coming out of our pockets. So no, I'm not, not excited about this. Even though I've, I've had my own problems with IRS customer service, uh, my own issues with them that I wish could get resolved. I know that they're overwhelmed in many ways. And the short-term thinking is, well, let's just put a Band-Aid on this problem. That's the, the short-term thinking to just say, we can solve this immediate issue by just hiring more people. The long-term thinking, the thinking that we are in theory supposed to be paying the people in Congress to do is, well, okay, even if we have this, this short-term problem, maybe we, we need some new employees temporarily to get through the backlog of people who are just trying to file their taxes, not anything complicated, we're not trying to go after them, J just trying to get through. Okay, fine. What's the next step after that? How do we, how do we solve the underlying issues here? There's not an incentive to do that. At least not one that I see. Or there is an incentive. I think people would want to vote for members of Congress who would want to simplify that tax code, make things easier, make things clearer, make it so that you don't have to hire someone every tax season, make it so that, hey, you don't even have to do your own taxes. The IRS already knows what you owe in taxes. And if you want to challenge that, you could you could say so, but you should be able to get a letter in the mail saying, hey, uh, based on what your employer collected and or what you paid us, we think you still owe this amount or we think you overpaid by this amount, so we are going to cut your refund for this. If you'd like to challenge that, go to this website and, and redo your taxes. That's what we could do. That's what other countries do, in fact. And it would be simpler, require fewer people, and make us all happier. So, if there are any ambitions, ambitious politicians out there listening to this show, I, I hope that's that's something that you adopt, that you fight for, that you can get through. Again, it's difficult in today's Congress. I, I recognize that to to get anything through, to build that consensus, and to do something if you're not in a position of leadership. But man, that that would be that would be pretty great. All right, so we'll do a couple other things with this uh, with this bill. Um, and then I think next segment I, I actually will shift topics a bit. But if you do have anything else to add on this bill, uh, the the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, give us a call five eight five three four six three thousand. That's five eight five three four six three thousand. And it sounds like we have a caller on the line. Good timing, then Gary from Hilton. Gary, what's on your mind? Hey Kevin, how are you? Fantastic. What's up, Gary? Well, I got a question for you. Do you yeah. think there's eighty seven thousand? Auditors looking for work in this country? That's a good question. I actually do not know. Where are these people going to come from, and who are they? But uh, another point I'd like to bring up is, uh, did you know that the IRS has been allocated 5 million rounds of ammunition and fully automatic weapons? Oh, I totally did mean to bring that up, so I appreciate you bringing that up, Gary. So. Yeah, well, so, it so, looks to me like this could be the beginning of the backbone for the n national police force that they're looking to build. Yeah, no, that that. Very, I'm just so, asking the question. I got no evidence of that, 
but it sure does seem kind of uh, strange that they, all of a sudden they're, they're coming out and saying we're going to hire 87,000 new auditors to go after tax cheats. And uh, I worked out the math. That's 1,740 per state. And that's assuming that you put, this, you know, equal number. Obviously, some states aren't going to need that much. Yeah. But if you do, you know, break it down to counties from New York, we'd have every county in New York would have 28 new auditors. For what? Is there that much fraud going on amongst the working people? They're just trying to survive. And where are they going to get the yeah. money to pay for it anyway when they're already paying it in gasoline and food and rent and taxes? Yeah. Everybody's got to stop and think what's really going on. This is this is a plan. This is something that they've been working on for years, and they've put it into hyper overdrive now because they're making use of the pandemic that we just came through, and trying to extend their emergency powers all over. And you got to really educate yourself, do some research, uh, and if you look into the World Economic Forum website you'll find the uh, blueprint for everything you're seeing happen to the military the police the medical profession they're destroying it they're they're breaking it down and driving people out you know where are we going to have police in five years they can't recruit them they're retiring in extra numbers you know every year the number of retirements early retirements goes up so just you know ask yourself those questions and there are no, um, what do you, what would you call them, innocent answers. It's a, it's a conspiracy by a really dark, evil force that's going to try to uh, fold us into this one-world order thing by destroying the middle class. Yeah. All right. So, Gary, thank you so much for a call. I'll, I'll kind of address a couple of those things uh, when we come back. Thanks again for joining us. If you want to call in, too, give us a call 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes here on A Free Solution. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals but don't take my word for it they've won the best in rochester eight years in a row and have an a-plus better business bureau rating if your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals give the professionals at simple tech innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182 that's 585-200-3182 simple tech innovations Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project, but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. Need to take care of a dental issue but don't have dental insurance? There's a special blessing for you on Saturday, August 13th called For the Love of God Dentistry. 
you can get an extraction, a tooth filled, or get a full dental cleaning for free. Be one of the first 150 guests at Grease Family Dentistry, and your choice of a filling, extraction, or cleaning is free. Registration starts at 8 a.m., so be there early, and we'll give you a great reason to smile at the For the Love of God Dentistry event. Go to GreaseFamilyDentistry.com for more information. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us here live on WYSL. Give us a call, 585-346-3000 if you want to participate in the show or leave your comments online as well. Uh, let me let me hit a couple of points that our, our last caller, Gary, had talked about. So we'll start with, you know, where, where are they going to get the people, right? The, like the, the budget of the IRS is increased quite a bit because of this. I think before their 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 whole budget was like twelve point six billion and it's going up to, you know, adding eighty billion now. Uh not all that's gonna be, you know, people who are going to uh be, be auditors. So some of those folks probably are going to be enforcement folks. I don't know exactly what. Um but I mean where are they gonna get the people? They're they're gonna pull them from private firms and whatnot and, and states, so that means that more people are gonna do that. Probably prices for those or costs of those employees are gonna go up. That's that's probably what will end up happening. Most of the short answer is yeah, they'll they'll just take them from private firms and, and maybe they'll that in theory, right, there'll be more demand for that profession, more people wanna get in it. But yeah, kind of the second part is, well, okay, well are they are they really going to have that much to do yeah they're, they're probably going to look for more things to do right from from average folks who will now have not more assistance but more scrutiny on their taxes right for something like you know just filling out that um you know uh online tax service uh questionnaire and answering something wrong now they're making an accusation against you you've got to find a way to essentially prove yourself innocent um, possibly go get legal counsel to help you with that. Uh, that that's the worry, right? Like they're going to find reasons to go after you to say that you know an average middle class person is is underpaying their taxes in some way, and that they're gonna they're gonna have the resources to investigate and go after you, right? The with getting eighty seven thousand people now. There it is true that they are buying ammo now. The, the IRS has like a um, uh, criminal investigation division and uh so they did buy a bunch of ammo recently actually they did bought uh seven hundred thousand dollars of ammo uh earlier in the year um there is a bill that i don't think is going to go anywhere uh to disarm the irs um that's it would prohibit them from buying ammunition uh but they they do have that and what they say is they need that stuff to go after you know, gang, cyber criminals, whatever, right? But something to keep in mind, uh, especially for, for my friends on the left out there who are like, well, you know, sometimes we need taxes. You know, sometimes we, we need to collect this stuff in order to uh, make government function. Okay, sure. Again, and I'm not an anarchist. I'm not 100% against taxes. I'm not. But you have to understand what the cost of, of doing that is. At the end of the day, when you are collecting a tax... If someone is not willing to pay that, if they, they don't cooperate with that, uh, it's, and it's not a request, if they don't cooperate with the government's demand to pay a tax, 
they will go after you using violence. They will threaten to throw you in a cage and possibly kill you if you do not pay what you uh, they say you owe, you, uh, you owe them. Right? That's 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 the nature of taxation. Taxation is coercion. Uh, taxation is um, is is a threat of violence. Uh, it's. That's, that's how it is. That's how, unfortunately, the state works, is that if you do not agree with it, if you do not agree with what your tax dollars go towards, too bad they will use violence against you. Going back, you know, well before this, but, you know, you, you can read um, Henry David Thoreau doing this. He didn't agree with the U.S. government uh, getting into war with Mexico. Said, okay, I'm not going to pay my taxes to the U.S. government because... You know, the, I I disagree with this war. I think it's it's a it's a war that is unjust. What they do, they throw them in jail. That's what they'll do to you too. If you, and now they'll have more resources to be able to to find the folks who who do that. Not, and and that that's that's the decision that you have to weigh. Is again, how how much, how much do you feel that the government is doing is immoral? That you're willing to risk jail? Impossible violence to to not pay your taxes to do that. And most people, including myself, would say, "Well, that's that's not what I'm going to do. It's not worth the risk to me, my family, etc." And and they'll pay their taxes. So when folks go on about how taxes are voluntary, you know, and taxes, you know, do this, that, and the other thing to help folks, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 built on the foundation of of, of coercion and threats and extortion. Uh, so. My disposition is to to keep that to a minimum. Um, and and I know Gary mentioned other stuff about like the World Economic Forum. So you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that. Um, there's that that's gonna be a whole episode one time. And and I I think I I mentioned that I'm gonna do an episode on it. I promise I'll do one eventually. It, it, it's it's worth spending a bit more time on to go through like what is well-meaning what is actually nefarious out of like this what is actually of the government and the world economic forum stuff what is just a suggestion in the way that like rich people who think they're smart do uh because there's a lot of that right there's a lot of like groups that get together and be like hey the world should do this thing and then no one actually listens to them. Uh, and then there's other groups that get together and, and say that, and they're able to build a coalition among national leaders to push policies forward that advance whatever they want to do, right? And that's, that's not conspiratorial thinking. That's just advocacy. That's something that NGOs and nonprofits, et cetera, do. And so going through, like, what <laughs> the World Economic Forum does and what they advocate for and what's good and what's bonkers uh is yeah there's a lot going on there and and, I, and i'll say this all the time maybe and maybe i'll do this show with uh my buddy tim uh we do our thursday shows and i i still they they mostly to me fall under the the line of well-meaning technocrats who will do things that seem like they're good but probably have a lot of like far-reaching negative consequences and that's that's mostly how I feel about them in a nutshell, and I know some folks think now that's that's ridiculous. They're they're evil folks, but to to me, you, you don't have to be evil. You don't have to have evil intentions to accomplish evil. Is uh, is generally where I fall under that stuff. And the the most well-meaning technocrats who think that they can 
get people to act in the way that they think they want to act uh, through coercion or, or technical changes, they can cause some of the biggest uh, the biggest damage. Now, unfortunately, I didn't I didn't end up talking about the Brianna Taylor stuff. I ended up spending the whole time talking about the Inflation Reduction Act and the IRS and all this stuff. Um, I, I, I I'm running out of time here, um, but. It is interesting to see that there are four officers charged in the Brianna Taylor stuff. I spent a lot of time talking about that case in particular. If you don't remember that one, it's the uh, the case where there's a no-knock raid. And that's still a problem that's out there. No-knock raids where people don't know that uh, police are at the door and people exercising their Second Amendment rights think that they need to defend their home from someone breaking in, not realizing it's the police. And then someone dies. Sometimes it's a police officer. Sometimes it's a member of the household, like Brianna Taylor. And in this case, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in terms of falsified information from police officers, cover-ups, all sorts of wild stuff. Um, so that, that's probably worth a couple segments in Wednesday's show. And so I'll talk about that then. Like, but but in the meantime, I'll share an article on that uh, because that's another thing that's it's it's not just a police issue it's a it's a second amendment issue in this case and you know there there are many folks in there listening who would try to defend their home if they thought someone was breaking in and that's kind of what happened there and you know we're we're seeing some consequences for from the law enforcement side this situation all right thanks again for joining us here on a free solution i will be back on wednesday have a wonderful wonderful week folks